one of the ways that we express our gratitude and our thanksgiving to God is just through our singing. Like we've already experienced this morning, we just lift up our praise and adoration to a worthy God and say, thank you for all that you've done. Singing has always been a really big part of the DNA here at Westridge. I can remember when we very first started Westridge 16 years ago, and we were meeting together at this little tiny church called Flint Hill United Methodist Church down on Nebo Road. And we didn't have a band, and we didn't have a sound system, we didn't even have uh, any worship singers or anything like that. We just had one another and our own voices. And we brought in a, a boom box and a little tape, if you remember this, Brian, by Ron Canoli. And we put it in the boom box and we pushed play and we sang, lift him up. Your name be lifted higher, Lord. Lift him up. And that was the very first time that we sang together. And we've been singing together ever since. It's just part of the fabric of who we are. And I'll tell you why. The reason that we sing together, and among many reasons, is the fact that when we sing, we are reminded of all that we have to be grateful for. I mean, how many times have you gone through a week, and man, it just seems like there's more problems than there are solutions, and maybe just gone a while, and you just really haven't had communion with God, and it just seems like God is really far away. Or maybe you've just gotten busy, and you just kind of, forgotten to engage God and you come in here on a Sunday morning and Stevie and this great band strike up a song and we sing lyrics like this. Oh Lord my God when I in awesome wonder consider all your hands have made I see the stars I hear your thunder your power Throughout the universe, everywhere is displayed. Amen? And then, and then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee, how great you are. How great you are. And we're reminded afresh of all that we have to be thankful for. Another reason is not just the fact that it reminds us of what we are to be thankful for, but it reminds one another. For everyone who is listening to the testimony of the voice of God's church gathered together, they are all reminded of what's true about God when we sing together. And it's a powerful thing. I remember for the many years that I was leading worship here, and then Andrew took on it, and now Stevie does it really well. And that is just to find those places in the, in the service when we can back away from the microphone and just let the testimony of the voices of the congregation sing in great testimony those wonderful things about God. And we are all together encouraged as we listen to one another sing. And that's the reason that, that Stevie backs away from the microphone and lets you sing so that you will all be encouraged one to another. It reminds me of a story of Paul and Silas when they were thrown in jail and it was in the evening time and they were shackled in their feet and the, the cell door was, was slammed behind them and the scripture says it was about midnight and they began to pray and sing and God sent an earthquake and the whole place shook and all the doors of the, the, the jail cells flew open and the shackles were released and the jailer is certain that all those who were there listening to Paul and Silas and, and all the who were there would surely take the opportunity to flee for their freedom. 
But when he came in, nobody had left. Nobody went anywhere. And the jailer, prepared to take his life, listened to Paul, and Paul said, we're still here. We're still here. And he said, having experienced what he saw and what he heard, what must I do, he said, to have what you have? Singing together in gratefulness before God not only reminds us what's true about God, but it also reminds those around us what we all have to be thankful for. And possibly one of the most significant reasons that we join together every time we get together. And what's really unique is I can't think of any church that I've ever experienced anywhere in any culture. And I would probably say in any time, we all sing together. It all seems to be part of the church universal's DNA. And I think the reason is, is because we are never, listen to this, we are never more unified ever in any way than when we sing. And here's why. We are all, regardless of what our backgrounds are, regardless of what our tastes are, when we stand and we sing together, we are singing the same words at the same time with the same melody and the same pitch, most of us. And we are unified as the body of Christ. And let me tell you, do you think that God is indifferent about that? No way. God loves it when his church sings to him. In fact, he says that he hangs out with us when we sing, for he inhabits the praise of his people. He lingers with us when we sing. One of my favorite songwriters wrote one of my favorite songs. And it's from the uh, David, the King David, and here's what he wrote in Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I want to invite you to stand and sing. Open up your heart. Open up your mouth. Sing with the band this morning. And let's give God glory for all that he has done for us. Let's sing together. That's good. We can have a seat. Thank you, Pastor Steve, talking about singing. And then we just respond to our God who forever reigns. You know, Thanksgiving has always been a time of not only looking backwards, but looking forwards. I mean, from the, from the time it began, you know, the, the pilgrims landed in 1620, and they had this feast almost a year later in 1621. They were remembering a, a harvest festival. It was something that they had done in England. It's something that really there's traditions in this all throughout the ancient world, and, and there's one even in the Old Testament, the Feast of Tabernacles, where you, you look backwards and, and you also look forwards. You, you look backwards at what God has done, and then you look forward to what he might do. But if you think about the way that Thanksgiving began and what they were looking backwards into, it's it's really kind of startling. 
I mean, when we talk about our pilgrims who landed in 1620, there were 102 of them. And by the time they celebrated what we refer to as the first Thanksgiving, that harvest festival, almost a year later, there were only 44. They had had more funerals than birthdays in that previous year. And you fast forward ahead and you think about the time that, that President Lincoln decided then to acknowledge and have a first Thanksgiving. He declared it in 1863 in the middle of the Civil War, in the middle of one of the bleakest, darkest times in our history, President Lincoln gave us this holiday. It's interesting, Thanksgiving, isn't it? I've learned that over time, you know what, to, to truly be thankful, to truly have the, the opportunity to, to give back to God in thankfulness and gratitude and, and worship, oftentimes it, it, acknowledges, it, it involves acknowledging something that we've lost. It, it acknowledges something that maybe had to be removed from our lives in order to give God even more glory and more fame and more renown. In the Psalms, King David says in chapter 69, he says, I'm afflicted and in pain. He says, let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. It's so easy to fast forward ahead and remember that's those powerful lines, those wonderful lines from the Psalms. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will give thanks to God. But the Psalm starts out with, I'm afflicted. I'm in pain. Something has been lost. If I've learned anything over the last year of my life, it's that in everything, give thanks. In the midst of every circumstance, no matter how difficult, no matter how challenging, no matter what the loss has been, no matter the family circumstance, the only way to get through these moments of, of terrible affliction and grief and pain and sorrow and loss, to me, the only way to get through those is to begin with thanks. Begin with thank you, God, for what you've put in our hands. Thank you for what you have given to us. Billy Graham says this, Thanksgiving, the giving of thanks to God for all his blessings should be one of the most distinctive marks of the believer in Jesus Christ. We must not allow a spirit of ingratitude to harden our heart and chill our relationship with God and with others. Nothing will do more to restore contentment and the joy of our salvation than a true spirit of thankfulness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the Apostle Paul is telling a story of, of a church that all he says about them is that they're afflicted and in pain. He's talking about a church in Macedonia. And we, we don't know the circumstances, but whatever their affliction was, they had been taken down to extreme poverty, the Apostle Paul says. I mean, they had been taken down to the point where they had absolutely nothing left. And from that... From whatever, it, from whatever that dire circumstance was, this church gained a reputation for giving, for stunning generosity. And so about them later on, in order to challenge the, those that he is writing to, the Apostle Paul says this, but as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge, in all earnestness and in our love for you, See that you excel in this act of grace also in reference to giving. 
Now he says, I, I don't say this to you as a, as a command in verse 8. But to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that you by his poverty might become rich. Some of the, one of the worst moments in all of history of affliction pain and suffering, the one who gave up more than anyone possibly could, Jesus Christ himself, from that moment of pain came the greatest gift ever, the gift of our salvation. Out of, he gave out of his poverty so that we might become rich. And I say to you today, from everything I've learned and, and personal experience in life, and the Bible matches up, is that this, in our moments of hurt and pain and loss, there are two ways to get through it. Thankfulness and giving back. Thankfulness to God for all his many blessings and giving from whatever he has put in, your, in our hands. You see, we have this kind of misunderstanding of, of thanksgiving, that it's a, that it's a feast of abundance. It's not necessarily a feast of abundance. Just because we belly up to the table and we get abundant, it doesn't mean that it's a feast of abundance. I mean, think about it. We're probably the only country in the world that thanks God for everything that we have, and then we go out to buy more by midnight. I mean, there's something different kind of going on here. But Thanksgiving is not truly birthed in abundance. It's birthed in pain and loss and sorrow It's when we have those moments and we acknowledge them that we can truly give and give thanks. Over the last week, I've had several conversations with people about our what if kickoff. And a couple of them, a couple of folks have come to me and said, you know what? I really wanted to be a part of the kickoff, but right now I I just can't give. And others have said, you know what, I, I'm already giving, but right now I just can't give more. What if experiment is not about abundance? It's about whatever God has put in your hand. That is, where, that is what you have to be generous with. If you are giving at all, whether God lays it on your heart to give $1 or $5 or $100, you are part of of the what if experiment. You are a part of what God is doing in our church. You are a part of the work of the kingdom of God. The Bible says, give whatever he has put on your heart to give today. We give and we give thanks. Our host team's coming as we prepare to give our tithes and our offerings today. We give thanks today for salvation. We give thanks today for even material things. We thank God for the people he has put in our lives. We even thank God in the midst of loss and suffering and trial and even poverty. But we give and we give thanks. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, we want to pray over our offering. And we just say to God, from wherever we are, this moment is not a moment of abundance. Giving an offering is not a moment of abundance. It's coming and acknowledging that God is present And no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in today, we can give and we can give thanks. God, we come before you right now and we thank you for all that you have placed in our hands. God, we say you give and you take away, 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. But God, everything you do is kind. Everything you do is merciful. Everything you do is good. And so God, we love you today. We give thanks no matter our circumstance today. We give thanks and we give back to you from whatever you have given to us. And we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a moment to give our offering. When we planned this morning out, um, and when I came to the table with this idea, here's what uh, I knew, is that we would be uh, celebrating a Sunday morning that would be very different than the Sunday morning we had a year ago when we were just on the heels of losing our worship pastor. And... um, Little did we know that uh, not only would we lose our worship pastor on November 21st of a year ago, but we would have um, our preschool director's daughter pass away in May. And we would also think back about uh, losing one of our other staff members in, um, I believe, October of last year. But I also knew this was my dad's birthday today, and he would be 69 today. And uh, And so I thought, you know what, let's focus the whole morning on the goodness and the greatness of God, and let's focus on just how thankful we are for what God is is doing in our lives, and what a a difference a year makes, and I appreciate even Paul saying just the lessons he's learned just in this past year of, of, you know, in the midst of tragedy and loss, and, and he lost his best friend, of focusing on the goodness and the greatness of God, and so we thank God through singing, we thank God through giving. Um, I'll just tell you this, and my staff might get mad at me about this, but we had 84 brand new families give to the What If Experiment who have never given before to anything, a church, to God, to anything. So that was just such a victory to see 84 families jump in and go, we're going to celebrate. We're going to get in the game. We all know what a testimony is. I mean, we, we've watched enough TVs there, uh, to see a testimony. We've seen enough trials. Some of you have been on uh, a jury before. A testimony is not what a lawyer gives. A testimony is what a witness does. A witness is not trying to persuade anybody or defend anybody. What they're trying to do is to respond and to report about what they saw happen or about what happened to them. They're just saying, this is what happened in my life. And in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4, here's what we hear Isaiah say. And in that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. And God says, part of living a life of thankfulness is to tell what God has done in your life. It's to proclaim how God has worked in your life, and then to be very proactive, to be very deliberate about giving him the glory. If you don't have a testimony about God about how God has moved in your life, it's, it's never, ever going to be told. If you've never, never shared it with anybody, if you never go out and tell anybody, then, then know, who's going to tell it? Who's going to know? In all of history, if you don't tell your story, it's never going to be told. And God says that one of the ways that we give thanks to him is by telling our story. We actually give praise back to God when we proclaim how he's worked in our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9 says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And then I love this. It says, Make them known. Make them known to your children and to your children's children. 
And I love what Moses says here. He says, only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen. In other words, God wants you to remember how he has worked in your life. From your very earliest memories until, until what he did in your life yesterday, God wants you to remember that. Not only does he want you to remember, but he wants your children to remember how God has worked in your life. And then he wants your children's children to remember how God has worked in your life. And one of the best ways to remember how God has worked in your life is to write it down. As many of you know, I'm, I'm a big journaler. I've been keeping journals since 1991 about just how God has worked in my life. The history of this church is written down in, jur- in journals of my life. And, and one day someone will grab all those journals and, and they'll write all this stuff down. Or hopefully maybe I'll write it down for you. But, but we need to keep track and we need to write. And this past week through just what God has been doing in the What If Experiment, we've gotten some testimonies in. And we've gotten permission to share some of these things. And we got an email this past week from a family who basically said, you know, here, here's, I'll just read it. They said, my wife and I are so excited. We have just been barely scraping by for a little. But in the midst of all of this, we've been faithfully tithing to the point where tithing actually got easy. And we prayed on Saturday night before the What If Experiment. And we decided that, that there was a monthly amount to, the, to us that just seemed scary. It almost seemed impossible about giving when it's not there to, to, to give type money. And so we gave our gift this past week, the over and above, and it equaled out to be $100. And, and then we shared that with our journey group about what God was, was doing in our lives and how uplifting and encouraging it was to just give instead of worrying about how to hold on to our money. And then they talked about how a friend who doesn't even attend Westridge Church and, and I don't know exactly when this happened, but it was, they walk, just out of nowhere walked up and slipped them a piece of paper on the way out of a door that they were walking out of and they unfolded it and inside was a check for $1,000. And then they go on to write, I went into the what if experiment wondering what God was doing for the world through Westridge Church and he showed me instead what he can do through, for me through his people. What a testimony. We had another lady in our church and it really is, for me, it's kind of a modern-day version of the widow's might. We have a lady in our church who's older. She was saving up for some dishes to buy a brand-new set of dishes. And for this lady to do that, I mean, I know it would take a long period of time, and she was saving up for some dishes, and she had saved $40. And two weeks ago, I was ta- speaking on giving as part of the what-if experiment, and God was speaking to her heart at that moment and she decided instead of saving up for the dishes I'm just going to go ahead and give my $40 to the what if experiment and she did that morning and that evening somebody a friend of hers called and said listen you know what and didn't even know she said listen somebody just gave me a brand new set of dishes they're beautiful and she said I just thought about you would you like to have this brand new set of dishes? And it was so much more than what she had actually even been saving for. And so this woman who gave her $40, and these dishes would have cost a whole lot more, she got a brand new set of dishes that she didn't even anticipate because she listened to the voice of God and she told someone about it. She just, she just told her testimony and God came through. Listen, I believe so many of you are gonna have stories like this through over the next couple of years as we continue to roll out that you're going to want to share because they're a testament to God's faithfulness and to his love for us. And so we've created on our website at westridge.com a place where you can, it's called Share Your Story. And over the next couple of years, we want to share your stories. We just want to have, we want to, we'll stand up and tell your stories. 
about what God has done as you share your stories with us. But we want you to tell them. And we want you to send us so that we can brag on, not you, but brag on what God has done in your life. And so your, your children can hear them. And then you can remember and tell them to your, your, your children's children. But we want, we want to tell because we want to celebrate God's faithfulness. And we want to show how God is changing people's lives through what God has been doing, not just through this church, but all over the world and through this what-if experiment. One of the ways that, that we celebrate and we thank God through our testimonies is through baptism. Baptism is a public display of what God has already done in your life. The fact that you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ alone to be your personal Savior. That moment where you get to your life, in your life where you go, God, I can't do this. There's no way I can bridge the gap between me and you. There's no way that I can make things right. Sin has separated, not only separated, but it's caused, I'm in a spiritual state of death. And because of Jesus, and because I can put my faith and trust in him, and because he died for my sins, and he offers me the free gift of salvation, and I receive that, I know without a shadow of a doubt that not only things are right between us, but I know that one day I will spend eternity with Jesus Christ and with God worshiping forever in a very real place called heaven. And baptism is a picture, it's a public display, it's a public testimony of what God has already done in your life. And it's saying to the rest of the world, Jesus Christ has offered me salvation. I have received this free gift and I want the world to know that God is faithful. And so this morning we're gonna celebrate and thank God through testimony by baptism right now. Psalm chapter 105, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. It says, Call upon him and make known his deeds among the people. A few weeks ago, I talked about faith. And I said that faith is thanking God in advance. Faith is thanking God before you ever receive the answer. And the Bible says that when you have that kind of faith, miracles can happen. We get to see God do greater things than we could ever imagine. And one of the keys to experiencing miracles is to is to live a life of gratitude, to live a life of thankfulness. And throughout the Bible, we see verse after verse after verse of, of telling us of how much God loves a thankful heart. The Bible actually says that God inhabits, he desires, he inhabits the praise of his people. That means that he empowers us and he uses our thanksgiving as an instrument of power in our lives. Now, I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Now, I think that right there alone has all of a sudden clicked with some of you this past week because some of you this past week, you have been worried, you have been anxious, you have been stressed out. And one of the most difficult commands in the whole Bible is to obey this command. Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious. Don't be stressed out. Don't, don't let yourself be overwhelmed with the things of this world. You say, how do I do that? Well, the answer to that challenge is in, the, is in the second part of this verse. It says, pray about everything. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Let's say it together. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, let, your, let thanksgiving pour. As you, are, as you are anxious, as you, as you are worried, as you are stressed, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's the promise. Here's the promise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? Let's, sing, let's read it together. 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, if you do the second part of the verse, it makes the first part, the first part, which is a a command, it just makes it so much easier. And the Bible says that when you begin to worry, when you get stressed out, when you're overwhelmed, when you're ready to pull your hair out, if you have some, you, you, you begin to pray. And you don't just pray about the issue, but what do you do? You pray with thanksgiving. Why? Because when we focus on what God has done in our lives and out of all the blessings that he's already given us, that he's already overwhelmed us with, you know what? It just makes our worries seem smaller. It brings a peace to our heart and it brings a peace to our minds that can't be explained. And that's such, there's such amazing power in prayer when we combine prayer with, thanks, with, thanks, with thankfulness. Now, I want to do two things right now. First of all, as our band just quietly plays, I want to take a moment and I want to go to the Lord, all of us, in a time of silent thanksgiving. And I want you to come up with your list, okay, right now. Just bow your head, close your eyes. It's something that we, if you're here, if you're new to church, it's something that we church people do, all right? When we want to just put ourselves alone with God and not worry about what else other people are thinking, we, we bow our head and we close our eyes. And it helps us to focus. And I want you to come up with a list of just all of the things that God is doing in your life right now that you can be thankful for. And I know for some of you, you know, you walked in here and life seemed bleak. But I want you to think about the roof over your head. I want you to think about the friendships you have. I want you to think about the family that God's given you. I want you to think about the friendships you have. I want you to think about the fact that God is allowing you to have a meal, even though you may, even you may be in a place where you're struggling and know where it's going to come next, but, but you're watching God meet just even the basic needs of your life. And I want you just to, as the band just quietly plays, I just want us to spend some time thanking him. Don't ask him for anything. I want you to think of as many things as possible just to thank him for. And I want us just to spend some time doing that right now. head still bad. I want to do something this morning that's outside of the box a little bit of thanksgiving and thankfulness. I want to just take some time and pray for some of you this morning. And I know some of you, you're going through a tough time in your life. Some of you are out of work. Some of you are struggling financially. Some of you are in a difficult relationship right now. Some of you, maybe you're having difficulty with a child. Some of you have a physical ailment that has overwhelmed you. Some of you, maybe it's a spiritual issue or it's an emotional issue that that maybe you can't even explain. Maybe there's some kind of mental illness situation that you're dealing with or is in your family. And as we move into the holidays, oftentimes 
those things almost get amplified. They become even bigger. For whatever reason, the holidays, even though they're to be a joyful time, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all of that, some of these things even get amplified as being bigger problems to us than than they might have been even a month ago. Well, this morning as a church, we we want to pray for you. You need your church family to pray for you, to extend a hand out to you, to lift you up before the Father. So after we, in just a moment, here's what I want you to do. We're gonna do something that we, we don't normally do at this church. I want, as our band is continuing to play, I want you to, I want, if, if you fall into any one of those categories, you're, you're just struggling. Maybe I didn't even mention your specific struggle, but you're just struggling. Here's what I want you to do. I want you just to stand up. If just, you just need prayer this morning. You just need your church body to pray for you. I just want you to stand. And we're going to pray for you right now. And we're going to extend a hand towards where you are. You're struggling with something. Something's in your life right now. A financial issue, a work issue, a relationship issue. Some issue in your life. It's overwhelmed you. I mean, you're struggling when you're, when you're, when you're thanking God. This issue keeps coming into your mind. This is a safe place. This is your family. It's our church family. I just want you to stand. Thank you. Good. All right, we're getting a little bit bold in here. It's good. Now, you have people that are standing around you. I want you to extend a hand to them, and I want you to quietly pray for them. Because there's something on these folks' hearts that have caused them to be bold enough to stand up, to say, I need my church family to pray for me. We have no idea what all these people are going through, but they need you to pray. And so, Lord, as we pray for our brothers and sisters right now, we have no idea, but you do. And we're so grateful that you do. You're a sovereign God, which means you know all things before they happen, while they're happening, and you know how it's going to end up. And so, Lord, we trust you with all that you're doing, all that you're allowing. We realize, Lord, that nothing happens to anybody before it first slips through your hands. And so, Lord, and we also know that, Lord, everything that you allow to happen, you do for not only our good, but for your glory. And, Lord, it's really difficult, even in the midst of talking about loss or tragedy, to to even get our arms around or even understand how something tragic or whatever could be good. But we do know, Lord, that you are a good God. You love us and you're faithful. And so we pray for all of these people who are standing, that you will bless them, that you will meet their needs according to your riches and glory, that you will watch over them, that you will just speak very clearly and very deliberately into whatever issue it is that has caused them to stand. I thank you for their boldness of realizing that this is a safe place. This is a family on mission together. And I pray that you'll minister to these people. That you'll shepherd their heart. That you'll answer their need. That you'll comfort their spirit. And Lord, as they, whatever it is they're going through, may they, Lord, in the midst of it, learn to bring these prayers before you with supplication and in, in, in a spirit of thanksgiving. And may you be faithful to your promise that you will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus with a peace, Lord, that passes all understanding. And we thank you, Lord, for loving us so much and for being a God that cares about every little need that we have. In 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The Bible says, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and he calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and he makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. But the Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. So let's stand as we close and let's sing about how great our God is. And let's sing with a heart of thanksgiving. And thank him for his glorious deeds and how much he loves us and how much how faithful he is and how great he is.